Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will empower and inspire you. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, here's our text. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Do not be deceived. In other words, that's, that's a great opening challenge. Don't, don't fool yourself. Don't, don't kid yourself. Don't play games with God. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. In other words, some people try to deny that what the writer is about to tell us is real. Somehow think you can just laugh it off or dismiss it like it isn't really important. Don't be deceived. Don't kid yourself. And don't mock God. Don't make light of this. A man or a woman, they reap, people reap what they sow. In life, you are going to reap what you sow. When I was a child, uh, my, 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 when I was born, my family lived in a house in the suburb of Hillsborough in Auckland. And then when I was about maybe 10 or 11 years old, someone from Hillsborough in the room today, uh, when I was about 10 or 11 years old, we moved from Hillsborough to Mount Roskill. And I'll never forget moving into Mount Roskill. And, you know, we're living in this totally new house, new neighborhood. Uh, we'd lived a long way from the, 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 the road in our previous house. Now it was kind of like the front yard, the driveway. And then it was just, you know, the road. And so every, every day, my parents were committed newspaper get, you know, they got the newspaper every day. So the newspaper guy would come every afternoon and he would put the Auckland Star. Back in the day when you had a nighttime newspaper, he would put Put the night time, yeah, this is back in the day. Young people are like, what are you even talking about? Newspapers? What are newspapers? I'm telling you, there was a time when words used to be printed on paper every day, in fact, twice a day. It smelled unique, it made your clothes stink, but it was a blessing to sit down with the newspaper, a little cup of coffee or something, and have a great moment. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, old people, get with me, get with me. Yeah, fantastic. People are like, I'm not an old, I'm not an old person. You are, you are, Hudson Bond, it's true. But anyway, anyway, the, the newspaper guy would come across every day. And you've got to know about me, I've always had a big mouth. I mean, I didn't just suddenly decide to be a big mouth and become a preacher. I've always had a big mouth. I was born, Liam, with a big mouth. I came out of the, you know, funny. I watched my son on the front row of services. He can yell louder than the PA system, I'm telling you, which has its great moments for me as a parent. But it what walks in fathers, runs in children. But anyway... You know, I was, the newspaper guy would come past the front of our house every day. I would see him there. And it was like an opportunity, James, that was too good to ignore. I mean, he would walk past every day, you know, and put the newspaper in the thing. And we had a, a big fence, like a six-foot fence in front of the house. Had a tree that went over the top of the fence and over the letterbox. So whether it was jumping out from the side, running back down the driveway, climbing the tree, dropping things from overhead. Every day, I felt it was my God-given responsibility to tease the newspaper boy when he came to my house. I gave him such a hard time. I mean, we just did all this kind of stuff. Little did I realize that every day, I wasn't just teasing the newspaper boy. I was just throwing a little bit more on something, you know? Just throwing a little bit more on it. I was, I was sowing. Um, I, I, was, I was sowing a little seed, you know? And then one day, my mother said to me, again, showing how old I am, John, I want you to take the empty milk bottles. I want you to go, yeah, come on, people, come on. That's right, that's right. 
Yeah, in my day, kids, at Christmas, you got from granddad a bottle of Coca-Cola and an orange. Okay, he had eight children, so you can imagine how many grandchildren he had. And then we would take the bottle of Coca-Cola on Boxing Day to the dairy, get five cents for it, and buy a bag of lollies. I am old, people. And mum, would, mum sent me down to the dairy after dark with uh, the empty milk bottles. And so I'm rolling down the street with like this little thing and it's got milk bottles on the inside of it to exchange them, get new ones and pay the money. And as I'm going down, this, this BMX bike comes and stops in front of me. And the guy riding it said, are you the kid from number 44? And then this other BMX bike came up the side and I noticed the increasing smell of newspaper because they all had these canvas sacks that the newspapers used to live in. And it was basically the local gang of newspaper boys. For the life of me to this day, I can't remember about the next 10 seconds. All I remember, my next memory, is running down the middle of my street, yelling at the top of my voice, mummy, mummy, mummy. Plagued me for years. Why didn't I yell out, even dad would have been all right. Even daddy would have been socially acceptable. Mum, not so great. Mummy, that's like the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth yells. The mouth screams, I'm not sure. But you know, I thought, I thought as a little 11-year-old kid, just ambivalent to the, the affairs of the world and what life really was like growing up in a lovely sheltered family, that I could just tease the newspaper boy. Little did I know that I wasn't just doing something, but my actions had a consequence. And because of that action, I then became the enemy of the local gang of newspaper boys. They're a real threat, those guys, you know. They carry newspapers, you know. They're bad, bad to the bone. But, but anyway, you know, we, we tend to think in life often, whether we're 11-year-old children or whether sometimes we're 60-year-old men and women, that we can just do things in our lives and that the things that we do have little or no consequence on ourselves and on the people around us. And the Bible gives us this morning a very, very strong challenge. Do not be deceived, guys. God cannot be mocked. Whatever you sow in your life, that is what you're going to reap. And when it comes to our lives, and when, especially when it comes to the series, I believe that God has wanted to speak to us this morning because we can be in a culture, if we're not careful, that teaches us that you should be able to do what you want to do. That what's really important is that you are free. That you get to enjoy your youth, live in the moment. You know, people are like, you deserve it. That's like a common thing, right? We do something, yeah, you deserve it. Have the ice cream, you deserve it. Go on that holiday, you deserve it. And we tend to think that it's just great that we get to do stuff and, and be the person that we want to do, not realizing that this advice, this does not line up with the Word of God. God's not saying, hey, you get to do what you want and it doesn't really matter. And as long as you're free, then life is great. And if you've got a passion, go for it. God does not say that. God in His Word is so clear. He said, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. What you sow determines what you're going to reap. In other words, your actions have consequences. Your actions have consequences. 
we tend to think that it's just kind of all okay with God. Like he's just, he's God of forgiveness and he's a God of grace and he's a God of second chances. Yes, he is a God of forgiveness, grace and second chances. But don't hold that in God's face and say, well, therefore I can just do whatever I want and it is of no or little consequence to the life that I live. No, this is New Testament scripture and the Bible is saying, do not be deceived. What you sow in your life is gonna shape what you reap. Am I preaching to anybody today? Our actions have consequences. Think about two brothers in the Bible. And when I was pre- preparing this passage, I thought, man, I've got to tell you the story. Two brothers, Esau and Jacob. And the Bible tells us about these two brothers, that there was an older and a younger, and the elder was Esau. And because Esau was the elder, he was the recipient of the family birthright, the promise, the destiny, what the, the inheritance went to Esau. But Esau was a wild man, and he just, you know, would go out there hunting, and he was, you know, Jacob, his twin brother, was more of a nerd, you know, he was just a bit more of a mummy's boy. But the Bible tells us about Jacob that one day he's making a lentil stew. Now, I don't particularly love lentils. They tend to disagree with my internal system. Let's leave it there. But something about this lentil stew must have been fairly amazing. Because the Bible says about Esau that he comes back in and he's smelling the stew and he's like, man, bro, give me some of that stew. And Jacob's like, I'm not giving my stew. And he goes, come on, man, I'm famished. Give me some of your stew. And Jacob says, well, if you'll sell me your birthright, then I'll give you some of my stew. And Esau said to Jacob, what good's my birthright to me? I'm so hungry right now. I'm in the moment. I'm hungry. How many people have made similar mistakes thinking I'm in the moment, the girl is attractive, the opportunity is great, the situation has promise. Oh man, I'd love to really get to do this. I'd love to be there. I'd love to get this experience. Love to be part of it. And he's just like, man, I'm going for the moment. And so he made a decision in that moment to sell his brother the birthright in exchange for, when we look at that, if you're future-minded, if you're thinking beyond where you are today, if you understand that seeds bear harvest, then you're thinking starve yourself half to death to keep the inheritance, right? That's what we would think in a logical and rational moment. Yet how many people in the last week, I'm gonna put my hand up, have eaten something that you shouldn't have for your long-term health, but in the moment it was just so appealing. I had a scoop of gelato last night. It's my first scoop since my birthday, which is April the 20th. Feel free to buy me gifts. But I do want you to know that not everything I've eaten in the last week has been healthy and I feel better for confessing it. If you all forgive me for that, then we'll be on the same track, okay? But you know, this is the truth of of the situation is that later on, Esau realizes that that was a really poor decision. And I want to just let the severity of this just connect with you for a second because we've just got to get, we've got to get the severity of how actions have consequences. We're going to get more optimistic as the message goes on. But listen to what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, 16. It says, see to it that no one is sexually immoral or is godless. And by the way, in our time where, you know, it's kind of like, hey, if you're attracted to somebody, go ahead. The fact that he links this or prefaces this with, hey, watch out for sexual immorality. I just want to say and just make it 
something we say just to all our locations this morning, put it out there. God's still into virginity. God's still into sexual purity. He is. I said it. Or, or as led us to a new millennium. Or as godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the eldest son. Afterward, as you know, afterward, as you know, he wanted to inherit this blessing. He was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. And I just want to let that sink for a sec. Because, man, you know, we preach a thousand times in our church, God's got a second chance for you. Yeah, he's a God of forgiveness, absolutely. God of grace, yes. But don't think for a moment that your actions don't have consequences. That seeds don't bear a harvest. The Bible's given us a little like, sit up and think about it. Don't fool yourself and don't try and fool God. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. What you sow determines what you're going to reap. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, this is definitely for you, not me. Just tell them it's definitely for you, not me. Yeah. Saul, Saul was made king over Israel, the first king that Israel had ever had. He went out to battle and Samuel, the prophet who had anointed him king, said, when, but when you get the spoils, don't offer up any sacrifices from this battle until I arrive. I'll be there in seven days. Seven and a half days go by and Samuel has not turned up. The day is still going, but Samuel has not arrived. Saul gets bored and a little bit anxious as Samuel is delayed in coming and he starts offering up the sacrifices. Samuel arrives and goes, what on earth are you doing? This is stupid. Gives him a very strong rebuke. Then just one page over in the Bible, the scripture says that Samuel commanded Saul to go out into another battle in Samuel 15, 1 Samuel 15. And then as he goes out to battle, Samuel says to Saul, this time when you win this battle, don't keep anything. Don't even bring back sacrifices. Everything is to be given to God. Don't bring a single thing back. And then we read in 1 Samuel 15, 14, that Samuel arrives and he says, what then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? And Samuel replied, and then Saul's like, well, you know, we, we bought this for offerings. We bought this for sacrifices. Uh, the people wanted me to bring them. You know, like he's got a thousand reasons why he disobeyed. And then in, in 1 Samuel 22, 15 and verse 22, Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination or witchcraft. It's basically like an evil, evil thing. And arrogance is like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. And then Saul's like, oh man, I've, I've sinned. I'm, so, I'm such an idiot. I've violated the Lord's commandment and your instructions. I was afraid of the people. I gave in to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sin. Come back with me so I may worship the Lord. And this is what Samuel said. Guys, hear it today. I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. God didn't reject Saul. 
but he rejected Saul as king. And man, I just want you to know, man, your actions, our actions, mine. We need a little moment of sobriety. We won't hang out there forever, right? But we need a little moment of sobriety where we just realize that when you sow a seed, you reap a harvest. That our actions have consequences. There is a difference between freedom and forgiveness compared with consequences and responsibility. When we try and bundle them all together, well, now we've got a real problem. You can't just waste every salary packet you have, then come to God and say, well, God, you love me. Give me blessings. The seeds are going to bear a harvest. Can't just make poor decisions in a marriage, ask God to forgive you, and expect to wake up next day and all your kids are just amazing and your wife made you breakfast in bed. It is not going to work. We need to know that God will a thousand times forgive every sinner. Repent and the Lord will forgive us. He's amazing. He'll give you a second, third, fourth, ten thousandth chance. He is a God of endless grace. God wants us to be free, but we've got to keep them in different camps. God is a God of forgiveness. God is a God of freedom. But God also says, hey, don't kid yourself, man. When you do something, your actions have consequences. And when you sow a seed, that seed is going to bear a harvest. And man, for us in our lives, I think we've got to get this right. Because if we're not careful, we tend to think that it's all going to come under the blood of Jesus. God loves us. Everything's going to be all right. And then when I'm ready to live a serious life, at that moment, I get to decide a great future. Yeah, you do. At any moment, get to decide a great future. That's true. But you start as a result of your actions and seeds up until the moment you make that choice. So the best way to the best life is to never underestimate the power of what we do today. The actions of today and the seeds of today are gonna determine the life that we live tomorrow. I was born and raised in a Christian family, but I did not receive Jesus until I was 18 years old. Does my life have any regrets? It has many regrets. But number one regret in my life is that I ever spent a moment away from God. And every time I've ever disobeyed the Word of God is a moment of regret in my life. Because our actions have consequences. Our seeds bear a harvest. And the more we can align our lives from this moment, this morning, all the way forward to the Word of God, sow seeds every day, make the right choices in every moment. And the more you can arrest your life and choose the right things, sow the right seeds, do the right actions, that, my friend, is going to lead us into the life of the optimal blessing that God has in mind for us. Come on, do you believe that today? Hamilton, are you with me? You got me, Carpety? Let me hear some noise. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, uh, when I married Jillian, I think I might have married the most perfect person ever. And I'm not even kidding. Jillian is just like so full of grace. She's so compassionate. She's such a radical Jesus follower. Like, just amazing. And unfortunately for Jillian, she got lumped with me. When we got married, like it was 
every year of our marriage has been better than the one before it. But anybody who's been married for a while would know that every year needs to be better than the one before it. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And we got married, and I guess I brought all of my Johnisms to the marriage. <laughs> Just work closely with me, you'll find them. That was awkward laughter from Christopher White over there. Like empathetic laughter. For Jillian, that is. After we'd been married for a while, you know, we, 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 would have, we had a couple of moments where I was just like, the strength or the fight that I was getting from Jillian, would n- I'd never had in my marriage before. And I was like, where, where does that come from? Because she was such a sweet person, we'd you know, never, had never been like, you know, hostile or aggressive or anything like that. And suddenly it was beginning to come from her towards me. And I was like, well, where is that coming from? Isn't it amazing how you can have the biggest faults in the world, but you can see them so clearly in somebody else? And it was like, I guess for me, just a great moment when I realized that what was coming at me was what I had sown in my marriage for three years. So then every time we got to a tense moment in our marriage, you know, Jillian would come up and I would come up and next thing you know, we're like fighting like this and it just was not working. And I was like, Lord, how are you going to change Jillian? Because that's what I thought was the answer. Don't judge me. I know you love her more than me, okay? But just, just, just give me a break. The story's going to end well. And then I realized that she wasn't the problem. The problem was the way I'd been behaving for three years. And then came the horrible reality that we were positioned in a moment in our marriage. Listen, it wasn't going to turn around in a day's of prayer and fasting. It wasn't going to turn around. The marriage wasn't going to radically be different on Tuesday than it was on Monday. It's a lie for us to think, a deception for us to think that we can just decide to change and reverse every seed that we've ever sown. So in a moment in our marriage, I had to decide, well, I'm starting today, but there's going to be a gap. So I started that moment doing my best. She didn't need to change, but I needed to sow new seeds. So rather than like trying to just, you know, allow conflict, I was just like quick to bow, quick to bend, quick to not, you know, do my best, uh, you know, not to be John, you know, and, and I started to, I started to sow new seeds into that marriage. And I'll never forget after we've been married for about six years, go, man, we can resolve conflict so very, very well. Now, I think Jillian always had been, but I had to sow and, because I'd sown negatively. Then I had to replace that seed with new seed, and after a while, that marriage became the kind of marriage that I want to be part of, and I'm sure it was the marriage Jillian always thought she was going to get. And friends, I thought about that story because the truth is that right now, today, you're living in, I'm living in the harvest of every seed that I've ever sown. If you feel cynical, it's because you're sowing years of cynicism. You, gotta, you can't just wake up tomorrow and go, I'm an optimist. You're going to have to start today training yourself with new thought patterns, new ways of living, a new confession over your life. But here's the thing. If we start sowing, the moment we start sowing, God is clear. I'm not mocked. When you start sowing, you will end up reaping. But whatever you sow determines what you're going to reap. 
So that means for you and me that whatever about my life I'm not happy with, I need to start sowing the right stuff now so that I can get the right harvest tomorrow. See, what's going on in your life right now is the result of two things, harvesting and happening. Harvesting and happening. You're going to harvest the fruits of what you sowed in days gone by. You with me so far? And then life is going to happen to every single one of us. That's not necessarily a harvest. Good people have children that get sick. That's the truth. Hello? If you don't believe that, don't confess it. But I'm telling you that the sun shines on the righteous and on the unrighteous. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you get a little wristband. That means you're going to hold it up in the face of every challenge. Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you're going to have bad times. In this world, you will have tribulation. I gave you the John Cameron version. Just because you're a Christian doesn't get you exported out of that. So you've got harvestings and you've got happenings. But let me tell you something, my friend. Neither of those is of real consequence. If you look to the day, then those are important. But God doesn't want you looking to the day. He wants you looking to the journey. He wants us seeing that it's not really about where we are now. It's about where we're going. The seeds you sow today are the things that are going to change your tomorrow. Listen, change the seeds today and you change the harvest of tomorrow. Actions have consequences. Bad actions have brought us to where we are right now oftentimes. But good actions are going to take us to where we want to go. Before I was in school, when I was in kindergarten, I had a best friend, his name was Hayden, and Hayden used to come to our house nearly every day after kindy. And Hayden came to our house one day, and we're best friends, but this day we got into a fight. And when we got into the fight, Hayden, he must have been watching like ninja videos or something, but he went, you know, this, and he poked me straight in the eyes. It hurt like crazy. I have red hair, I see red. So I bit him very, very hard on the arm. I was three years old, don't judge me, but I bit him on the arm. Left this big bite mark on his arm. So my mum comes down. We're both crying. She looks at me. I'm bloodshot in the eyes, but I look fine, just, just angry. Then she looks at Hayden, and Hayden's like, <laughs> you know, like a big wuss, you know. <laughs> so my mother, this is, this, remember, this is like, you know, a long time ago, 38 years ago or something. But mum took me up to, to the, the, the room upstairs and got out with little Winnie the Whale. And before there was a section 57, she applied Winnie the Whale to my posterior. Lots of lies about it's going to hurt her more than me, you know. She's probably listening right now. I said, Mum, I said, Mum, Hayden, Hayden poked me in the eye. Why are you smacking me? She said, John, you can change, you can't change other people's actions, but you get to decide your reactions. I'll never forget that. You can't change other people's actions, but you do get to decide your reactions. She was saying, I can't, I can't change Hayden, but you're my son, and I want you to know that life doesn't happen to you. You happen to life. People can treat you however they want, John, but you get to decide how you treat people. And don't let somebody else, don't let an external pressure. Hey, listen, don't let a temptation or an opportunity, or the lust of a flesh. Don't let a bad moment ruin your life. In every moment, in every precious circumstance, it's not events that decide your destiny. It's your decisions. Actions have consequences. Let's sow some better seeds, and let's have a better tomorrow. Come on, if you're with me, give the Lord some praise right now. Come on, come on. 
Come on, the band's gonna come and join me in every campus. But you know, Joseph, Joseph, part of his wife threw herself at him. His brothers rejected him, but he was not a slave to passion. He wasn't a slave to vengeance. He decided to be the slave of God. He just stayed focused on his own actions, sowed good seeds in every moment. He didn't allow the temptations to get him, the hurts to get him. He just stayed true to the course of God. And friends, I want you to know if you'll sow what you can sow, then God will do what God can do. We do what we can do. God does what God can do. Amen. Samson. Samson. The Bible tells us that Samson was covenanted with God that he could never cut his hair. And you know the tragic story. He told Delilah. Delilah cut off his hair in the middle of the night and his strength left him. They took his vision. Your actions have consequences. God didn't just say, oh, Samson, it's all right, mate. You know, he lost his vision. Yeah. Make bad choices. You will lose your business. You will impact negatively your marriage. But then the Bible says that Samson's hair started growing back. And I wanted to end this message with this thought, that God will forgive you and God will restore his blessings. And God is not gonna leave us bound to the past. Yeah, our actions are gonna have consequences. But when we make just one little step towards God, when we make the right decisions toward Him, maybe you're coming to the service this morning and stuff's really gone wrong in your life. I wanna encourage you that today, it's not like you decide to put the things right and everything is restored forever and you wake up tomorrow and it's a whole blessed new life. But I want you to know that God's mercy's in you every morning that His blessings are assured for your future, that if you'll sow one good seed, God can then turn it into a 100-fold harvest. That is His ability. And friends, if we can just choose to become God-honoring people, then the future for us is indeed bright. Amen? Amen. Come on, in every location, could you stand your feet together with me? I'm finished, but I wanna pray over your life because I really do believe that this has been a, a little bit of a... That, that, hurt, that hurt me message, but you know, God only ever hurts us to heal us. He only ever, only ever gives us a challenge to take us higher. And I want you to stare at whatever, whatever, whatever is trying to force you into its mold, trying to lure you with temptation, trying to make you react. And today I want you to decide that my actions have consequences. My seeds bear a harvest. Bless those who persecute you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Be joyful in the face of trial. Why? Because my seeds are determining where I go. Not the stuff coming at me, but the choices that exist within me. That's gonna decide where my future's gonna be found. Amen? Come on, let's pray together this morning. Father, I thank You in the mighty Name of Jesus that You, Lord, chose the greatest action. You laid down Your life for us so that we could have a second chance. And God, I speak to every person in every location. And God, I declare that this is the day that by Your grace, we sow new seeds for a new harvest in the mighty Name of Jesus. And if you believe it, give the Lord a loud Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor John Cameron. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church, check out arisechurch.com or find us on YouTube.